Welcome to Vet Zone, where passion for animals, science, and medicine lives. Do these definitions ring a bell curve? If the words September, October, November, and December have ever triggered the numbers 7, 8, 9, and 10 in your head, they do so with good reason. The ancient Romans divided the year into 10 months, with a monthless winter period at the end, where the astronomers could adjust for the Earth's orbit. As error in the Earth's apogee estimation lessened, the legendary second king of Rome, Numa Pompilius, added January and February to the calendar around 700 BCE. Science consistently uses estimations and compensates for statistical errors to better understand our world. James Joyce wrote, A man's errors are his portals of discovery. Statistical standard errors are portals into p-values, confidence intervals, and the tinted scientific lenses we must use to focus upon our world. By understanding the definitions and relationships of standard error, standard deviation, confidence intervals, and p-values, clinicians can better plot their trajectory through studies and towards the truth. While these values work with many types of curves, let's keep the discussion easy and just talk about a normal distribution, your basic bell curve. Imagine your perfect bell curve. At its apex is the mean or average. The standard deviation measures variability around the mean, independent of sample size. Two standard deviations from the mean encompass 95% of all values that made up that result. The standard error, a type of standard deviation, estimates the uncertainty of the result by incorporating sample size. Basically, we just divide the standard deviation by the square root of the sample size. We inject the square root because after a while, greater sample sizes have less potential to bring new, previously unseen data. Makes sense, right? A sample size shifting from 100 to 1,000 could shed new light, but would a shift from 1 million to 10 million be as dramatic? While standard deviation gives you variation within the study, standard error provides potential variation that might exist in a wider, shall we say global, environment. For this reason, we often choose standard error to calculate p-values and confidence intervals, two values that assist us in evaluating data. For example, let's say that a study showed that kissing an aardvark reduces your chances of catching the flu by 70%. Was this result accurate? or just a product of random chance within the study. The p-value provides the percentage that the data resulted from random chance. A p-value of 0.05 indicates that the potential of the data being as extreme from pure random chance is only 5%, a common threshold for scientific studies. With confidence intervals, we can state with 95% confidence that a value lies between A and B. For example, we might have a confidence that the true value for aardvark flu-reducing kissing lies between 65 and 75%. When reading a study, aardvark or otherwise, 
The p-value tells you how likely you should believe the particular study finding, and the confidence interval tells you how far to believe it. With a p-value threshold of 5%, we can easily utilize this value. If above 5%, then we decide that the result is inconclusive. If below, we can accept that kissing aardvarks may be beneficial to our health. For confidence intervals, we must employ common sense. A confidence interval of 25 to 100% is vastly different than 69 to 71% when it comes to deciding to kiss an aardvark. In the first scenario, even if beneficial, is a possible 25% reduction in risk worth kissing an anteater? If one degree from 70%, we might be more amenable to the situation. So whether evaluating data on celestial orbits, aardvark kissing, or vaccine efficacy, we must look beyond simple p-values and take in all the data. Thank you for listening. 